welcome to the Noble Ape Podcast, Ape Reality. I'm Tom Budley, and this is being recorded live on TalkShoe, June 10th, 2010. Well, it's been a long time since my last Ape Reality, and I'd like to send a special shout-out to Gerald DeYoung, because he's the reason I'm recording this evening. Uh, he put a little notice up on Facebook saying that he was running out of podcasts to listen to, and also I know Ape Reality is part of his listening stream and possibly... A couple of other folks who listen in, I thought I'd record another podcast. There's been a lot going on. But first, also, Gerald gave a little bit of feedback to the last podcast. He said that I sounded a little tipsy. Well, actually, I think I was probably just very, very tired. Uh, the day job has been taking quite a bit out of me, but I don't need to give a narrative associated with that. Let's just put it this way. I'm happy to be employed currently, but it is taking a bit of extra time. So what has been going on with the Noble Lake development? Well, I released a version of the simulation a couple of weekends ago, and that got quite good feedback, actually. It had been the first time I'd released the simulation in roughly a year. So in this time, obviously, there have been a lot of source code changes, and obviously the major change was the two Windows version of the simulation. But also gave me an opportunity to release the Noble Warfare source code intertwined with the Noble 8 simulation source. There was a bug leading into this release which related to the Windows version not actually giving a proper clock update and because I had changed the randomizing uh, sequence it basically left a relatively flat, in fact super flat, super watery kind of landscape environment. So that bug took me about three hours to find and in the process I released a flatland version of the Noble Apes simulation to see what the Noble Apes would do if they didn't have any... Uh, any landscape and what kind of social groups that they would actually create. And they um, they formed uh, kind of long lines of talking, moving and interacting chains of noble apes. I put some video clips on YouTube. So if you want to check out YouTube, you'll see the footage of the noble apes uh, moving in various directions in long chains. But I removed that just in time for the release, although there was probably a 20-minute period when I updated uh, the versioning of the Mac version of the Noble 8 simulation where the Flatland version made it into the download. But I don't know how many people actually picked that up or if they came back to the site and downloaded a, a version slightly later, but that was, was quickly amended uh, in the next update, which occurred on the same day. So all in all, I haven't actually checked the download numbers associated with the last release of the simulation. My main interest was just to get it out there. It's kind of a partial release. It doesn't contain all the full functionality, but it probably gave enough of the functionality to remind folks that the Noble Ape simulation is out there and it's being updated. So with regards to the integration of Noble Warfare, um, the period in terms of the release and just leading up to the release had actually been quite sick. I've had a kind of lingering uh, cold kind of, I don't know, relatively uh, relatively uh, there fever, uh, but yeah, just kind of generally exhausted uh, and not doing a lot of stuff particularly, but that's also the ideal state of mind to be in to do a release of the Noble Lake simulation. And through my period of sickness and just getting better, I started playing the close combat games, which really can only be played on old computers that I own because they're not really compatible with modern computing. The Windows versions... I think only work up onto Windows 95. I think there are some later versions, but they don't work with any of the new Intel hardware. So 
Really, I'm left to running it on uh, an old Mac laptop that I have kind of circa 1997-1998. But the close combat games were based in the Second World War, and the idea is that you have kind of top-down, squad-level strategy, either playing Germans or Americans or British or Polish, I believe, in the later versions. But in the earlier version, just the Americans and the Germans from memory. And uh, it's, you know, it's off the beaches of Normandy all the way to Berlin. And uh, it provides a, uh, an interesting game if you've got a half a, a mind operating and you want a little bit of strategy and planning and some degree of tactical, uh, tactical movement, these kind of things. However, there is nothing like that currently available and there's certainly nothing like that open source. And having released the Nova Warfare source code again, it made me think, well, how much effort would it be to make a Second World War version of Nova Warfare? Well, this is really on the cards. The first thing I need to do is actually fully integrate Nova Warfare into the Nova Light simulation. As it is currently, it runs through the generic platform interface, which is the, I guess, circa 2003 version, uh, which allowed for easy porting of various Nova Light-related developments to Windows, Mac, and Linux. However, it just gives a single window interface. The other thing which has come around this time, which also goes back to the long chains of Noble Lakes wandering over the flat land surface, is actually the size of the landscape. The Noble Lake landscape, pretty well since it was created, has been 256 by 256. When it first came out, I think actually it was 32 by 32, with perhaps the movement resolution as 256 by 256. But my thinking is probably within the next version or so to move that land area to being 1,024 by 1,024. And these are interpolated points as well, as you see with the Ocelot interface, the, uh, the terrain interface that Noble Lake Simulation has. Obviously, within these small points, they are interpolated into curved surfaces. So... 1024 by 1024 probably relates to uh, about a thousand kilometers in either direction. It's actually quite a substantial landmass. So my thinking in terms of the implementation of that is that fits very neatly into the release of Noble Warfare as well because it gives a, a far larger battle map for the uh, battles to occur on within Noble Warfare. So all of this is probably going to be coming in a time frame associated with uh, my trip to the Bay Area and the two talks that I'm going to give. So in addition to this, I was talking with my wife a couple of evenings ago about the Noble 8 simulation, in particular what I was going to talk about to Intel. And I mentioned ApeScript, and she said, well, is that the language the Noble 8 speak? And I said, no, the Noble 8 speak a language, but it's a, it's a binary language, and it's not something that I really intuit. And she made the point that it would be interesting to actually hear what the Noble Apes were saying. And in a similar time frame, I was listening to Bruce Damer and a fellow called Terence McKenna talking on Lorenzo Haggerty's Psychedelic Salon. And the conversation was from uh, 1999, and it related quite heavily to Biota. I know Gerald Jung gave it a relatively critical reception. But the thing that interested me from that conversation was that they discussed this idea of artificial life simulated entities uh, having discussions and communicating. So through this, I thought this is probably something that, you know, the, the, the simulation community, the biota community, could really uh, build from. 
because there is not only this idea of an external narrative in terms of the conversations that you know one has with others or simulated entities may have with other simulated entities, there is also an internal narrative which can be used for debugging purposes. And here I think about the XML phenotype idea, the idea that at any given point in time, the simulated entities provide phenotype information. Well, the transition to this phenotype information, the movement into things like swimming or being hungry or eating or sleeping or talking or all these kind of things, and particularly the kind of foods that, that I like to eat and these kind of things, these are all things that can be represented through an actual language as well. And my thinking was initially that it would be some kind of binary language that would have some real English translation, the idea that you could take uh, kind of inner conversations, internal narratives, where the references to other noble apes could be mapped onto English names. So it just read like normal English, maybe with a certain degree of depth. Now, for debugging purposes, this is really fascinating because it gives you a kind of minute-by-minute minute or at least transition-by-transition transition indication of what's going on with the individual noble ape. Certainly, the discussion that's happened on the Bota Conversations mailing list and the feedback from Larry Yeager in particular is that this seems a little overwhelming. And I think artificial life simulators probably have this predetermination that visual representation is enough. But I think as these agents become more complex and as the interactions become more complex, then the ability to have some kind of internal language may actually prove really interesting and certainly give a different angle for, for debugging purposes and a kind of broader sense of the interactions. And this is immensely powerful in terms of feedback as well to simulators. The idea that when we create these simulations, we write or perhaps uh, hope that these interactions will occur in particular circumstances, but if we get a kind of blunt indication of what these things are in a, in a time cycle fashion, it may give us greater feedback to add improvements or just make the environment slightly more detailed or resolve certain things which are occurring in the environments which we don't get to see through traditional visualization techniques, but we will certainly get through this uh, kind of internal narrative language applied to the individual agents. So how does this fit into the kind of time frames of what I'm talking about with the simulation? Well, it could be a relatively simple engine. I don't necessarily think it needs to be overly complicated, but having said that, in order to provide interesting English language, it needs to be slightly more advanced than just a kind of point-by-point -point description of state transitions. So... In that regard, I'm really thinking of it being a, a narrative engine more than anything, which is something that I've always wanted to uh, develop with the early history or actually the prehistory of the Noble Ape simulation included this thing called LASSIE, L-A-S-I-E, which was the language simplification engine. And as I mentioned in Nature Inspired Informatics, there was a chance that language simplification engine would actually be the cognitive simulation for Noble Ape. So I've always had this kind of passing interest in narrative engines and the, the stuff can come from that. And certainly Larry Yeager gave feedback to the Biotic Conversations mailing list that there had been some neural network work associated with these kind of narrative communications. The other important point with regards to the internal narrative is it can be very easily externalized and then interpreted by other apes as well. And I think particularly if there's a binary version of this which is then translated into English, the binary version could have some kind of uh, 
I don't know, understanding or decoding element associated with other apes that may hear this narrative too. And then it becomes a very different kind of simulation. I think really the seed of an idea in terms of putting language in these uh, in these simulations may take may take the participants in a variety of different directions. In any case, I'm probably rambling and I've probably already lost uh, Gerald's attention and as my sole purpose was really to, to get his attention with regards to this podcast, I should probably leave it at this stage. I don't know when I'm going to record another ape reality. I have a chapter due to Dick Gordon in five days, of which I'm nearly finished. I just have to kind of tighten things a little, add a few more references, and then present it as is. And then Bruce Damer and I have another one of these Dick Gordon book chapters that we have to work on. It really is quite hectic. I'm also part of the Evo Grid A-Life 12 paper. Um, in fact, reading through it, there's quite a bit of shaping uh, that comes from your humble correspondent, um, which is actually quite nice. Although I'm referenced relatively low down in the uh, in the byline, it's mainly because the folks who are higher in the byline seem to have uh, various logistical connections. Although to be fair, uh, Peter Newman has has you know he's he's a paid employee of Bruce in terms of actually generating this this Evo Grid stuff. So this is Tom Barnaway in Las Vegas, Nevada, currently coming to you from my uh, from my library. If you have any questions, any comments, I'm still looking forward to hearing from folks who uh, who want me to talk about particular topics. The new, slightly cheaper version of the original manuals should be coming out relatively shortly. While I was sick in bed, I perused over an old copy of the original manuals, and I know his, uh, Bob Mottram had purchased the Cafe Press version, uh, which I guess with the pound and the state that it is, is not as much of a bargain as it once was. But the um, the new release of the original manuals will be considerably uh, cheaper, fewer, well, probably a similar kind of format, only a standard book size, as opposed to the uh, kind of bizarre-sized cafe press, and also um, full full spell check U.S. English versus the kind of hybridised Australian English. So I'm not really sure when that will be coming out. My sense is probably in a September kind of time frame. The next text that I have due is in mid-September and it's going to be considerably uh, less philosophy, considerably more kind of analytical research unfortunately, so it'll probably be equally time consuming. But with the kind of fun projects that I've got with Noble Warfare in particular and other aspects of this language engine in the Noble 8 simulation, I think I'll have some fun stuff to do in the interim. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast. Look forward to you tuning into the next podcast.